Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm back with Renton Rathbun, and we're talking about biblical worldview this week. Renton is the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University. And uh, he, this is f- a fun conversation. We talk so much about worldview on this podcast, but I love that you actually defined it. And, and, and I, I was writing this down as you were defining it. It's God's explanation of God's world through his word. And I love that so much because it really does help us to understand that's what a biblical worldview is. And as we talked about on Monday, if you guys missed Monday's episode, go back and listen, but that we really do have to know scripture, which means we have to read scripture and we have to study it for ourselves and with our kids. Uh, You know, we can't give our kids what we don't have. And so we must be diligent in immersing ourselves in the word of God. And sometimes it's hard to understand. I mean, I read books sometimes, especially more Old Testament books. And I'm like, I I don't, I have no idea what this means. I, I just don't get it. And it's hard to see the whole picture sometimes. But the more I read it, the better I understand it. And the more I pray that the Holy Spirit will help me to understand it the more he does. And so he is faithful. So so if it's hard to understand for you guys, don't give up. Just keep reading and reading and reading and reading. I've been bi- reading my Bible for, I don't know how long have I been a Christian, 30 something years and about 30, I guess about 32, 33 years. Um, and so I, I always find something new and exciting to learn. Um, so I encourage you guys to do that. If you've not made that part of your daily routine, do it. Even if you have to listen to it, if you've got little kids you know, pulling at your ankles all day long and you need to put on an audio Bible while you're having breakfast or making dinner or whatever, do it. Just pour God's word over your heart. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox there. Uh, We're going to get back into this conversation. But before we do, I want to say thank you again to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program and you don't want to teach math yourselves, go to ctcmath.com and try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Well, Renton, welcome back. Um, At the end of Monday's episode, we were talking about why so many people are walking away from a biblical worldview. And that is a scary thing. I think as Christian parents, we often think about that and we want to hold tight to our kids and we homeschool them because we want to give them Jesus. We want to point them to the cross. And it's the most terrifying thing for a Christian parent to think, oh, I've done all of this work. You know, I've trusted the Lord and then send them off to a university that may or may not teach them truth. And, and I want to park here for a minute because I want you to talk about the difference since you've uh, taught in both secular and Christian universities. Um, I know that not all Christian universities are created equal. Secular universities, we know what to expect from them. Secularism, right? We That's know right. to expect a secular worldview. Christian universities, oftentimes we just assume, well, they've got the Christian tag on them. And so therefore they must be a Christian university. And we had an experience back in um, April where my daughter and I went and visited a a quote unquote Christian university. It was one that is very familiar to a lot of people. I will not give the name of it, but it was a university that a lot of people go to. It's it's quite large. And they brought us out there. They took us for a tour of the university and it was fantastic uh, to see what a university was like. That was first time Brooklyn had ever actually been on a university campus besides Bob Jones University, but to actually see um, in action what a university day looked like. And as we were learning more and more about this university and hearing from different people, uh, we were in a big group of people. And I asked the question, I said, you know, do you require your professors to be believers? And they said, 
oh no, uh, only our theology department. Uh, but no, our other professors are not required to be believers. They don't have to sign a statement of faith or anything. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Neither do their students. And as we went on and they were talking about the different clubs and things that they had on campus, I said, so raise my hand again. I, I was kind of the, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to ask all the questions because I really wanted to know these things. And uh, I said, you know, so you have all of these clubs and, and um, things that support the student body. I said, do, and I asked it in a way that I didn't want them to know where I stood on it because I wanted them to be honest about the answer. I said, do you host clubs like, you know, LGBTQ and things like that? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those are student-led clubs, but we allow those on campus. And went on to say, but, and we also have what's called an inclusive lounge. And this inclusive lounge was for all students. And like you said, it's for the Christians, but it's also for the LGBT community and the Muslims and the Mormons and the atheists and everybody. And it's where everybody can come together and they can feel loved and accepted and welcomed. And I just, I was like, what is happening? And we walked away from that, that tour so discouraged. And both my daughter and I just said, this is definitely not for us. But I was heartbroken because I thought this is a university that is a very Christian labeled university that most people would think if they send their children there, they are going to get taught a biblical worldview. And that is absolutely not the case there. It might be in some classes, maybe, but the majority of classes, that's not the case unless they're in the theology department. So I, I know that that's a long story, but I want you to talk through that because as those of us who have high schoolers and even middle school kids, as we're looking to their future and looking to where they may go to school, may continue their education after our homeschool, um, what have you seen in the world of universities, both secular and Christian? And why is it dangerous to just say, okay, Christian university, let's go there? <laughs> yeah, you have to do your homework because like like your story sh shows there are this and i mentioned this in the last in our last podcast together um we are in a reality war and christianity mm -hmm. is is failing miserably yeah um they're failing because what they've given into is the secular idea that your religion is fine in a in its place but you need to make room the syncretistic idea that your worldview can't be one thing. It has to be many things. Um, so you have to add um, appreciation for sin. You have to add acceptance of sin. You have to add even this some approval of sin. Right. Otherwise, you're a bigot. You're, you're not loving and, and all those sort of things. And what we find is that you know, you can have all the clubs you want. You can have the best Christian band come you want. You can have you can have Trump come and speak. You can have all these things happen that make you sound like the most conservative place in the world. But if biblical worldview work is not happening in the classroom, mm -hmm. whether you're taking an English course, a math course, a history course, any course, you should be able to have biblical worldview work being done. Because what biblical worldview work does is it forces you to think critically. In other words, you have to trace your beliefs. Here's a belief about that I have about history. Here's a belief I have about math. How do I trace that back to know that that belief, that fact or belief, whatever you want to call it, actually traces back to my ultimate authority, God's word. I mean, that's what 
that's what no one wants. People are right. fond of God's word. They, they think it's wonderful, but they don't see it as the authority that interprets all of, all of life. They don't, and they don't like that idea. And that's, and that's why, you know, um, even Rosaria Butterfield is uh, coming out with a new book pretty soon, um, should be out by now, uh, about the lies the church has accepted. She told me, she said, if you have a, if you have a, a university, a Christian university, and you have clubs for LGBTQ uh, students, you've already lost the battle. Even yeah. if you're just trying to be nice. She said, all you're really doing is you're creating a dating parlor for them. And you are adding to the frustration and the sin that they are, that they are in. And, and so you have to stand and you have to be able, you have to be willing to sacrifice something. Right. Yeah. And many are not. Um, we yeah. actually, after that visit, I, uh, spoke with some of their, uh, faculty members and, and, and I confronted them on it and said, you know, so you call yourselves a Christian university in a, in a loving way. Um, you know, and, and I said, but I don't quite understand why you allow these things. And they, I mean, the answers they gave were nonsense anyway, but basically, you know, they said, well, you know, we want to bring in a lot of students to the school. And, and ultimately what it came down to was that they want the biggest school. They want the biggest number, highest number of students. And it wasn't really about the discipleship at all. It was about bringing in as many students as possible. And they knew that they would be ostracizing so many students if they didn't yeah. offer, you know, a safe place for these students to be okay. instead of bringing them in but not accepting their sin and just saying, you know, but here's what the word of God says. That's and, right. Um, so yeah, it's a scary, scary place to be. Uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call one 800 845 5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back at the Renton. As we've talked about biblical worldview and what that looks like, uh, you know, and whether it's in a university or in our homeschool or whatever, I think that sometimes there are ways that we get it wrong, right? Talk about that. How do we get biblical worldview wrong? And then how do we rightly shape the minds of our children? Mm. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, like any homeschool parent, we're super picky about what we use, um, mm -hmm. what kind of curriculum and, and textbooks and things like that. Um, and I think that's one of the strengths of, of homeschooling. Um, you get to be the picky one. You don't, you're, you're not at the mercy of someone else um, and deciding these things because what I've seen out there is how terribly wrong it can go. Um, there's textbooks out there that claim to have a biblical worldview. They, you know, it's become the all natural seal. I mean, if you remember that from 
from back yeah. in the 90s and the two, early 2000s. If it said all natural, we thought it meant it was good for you because it was all natural. I mean, what else does that mean? Um, in 2015, they found that, that actually the FDA never approved that statement um, put on things. So it didn't mean anything. You could have put all natural on a Kit Kat bar and it would have been, right. <laughs> it's fine, it's legal. Um, and I think that's what biblical worldview has turned into. People slap it on their textbooks, they slap it on their curriculum. And I think a lot of people really believe they actually have it. But what they've really done is they've taken a Bible verse that seems to kind of correlate mm. and then they um, kind of shove it in there. There's lots of ways that people get it wrong. Um, so they might find one thing. Let's say you have a science textbook and they say, well, God has designed everything. And that's true. and That's great. But what if design is the only thing they ever, ever talk about throughout the entire book? Um, what you're doing is you're setting your kids up for the debate over whether design um, can naturally come about. They need more than that. They, want, they need to see that there are levels of biblical worldview that they begin to go through. Um, and so I've seen, I've seen textbooks take the same, the same basic idea and run it all the way through the book. There's no diversity. There's no uh, talking about different types of, of, of uh, themes of worldview going through there. Um, and there's no levels of learning. And so, um, and I know I'm, I'm prejudiced towards BGU Press, but it's, it's only because they're doing it right. Sure. Um, and so what they do is they say, well, how do we get kids really actually engaging and then being able to assess their biblical worldview? And so, so it starts out with identifying um, themes of, of biblical worldview throughout the textbook. Then it goes to analyzing those things and then evaluating bad worldviews and then being able to formulate um, a worldview and then apply worldview um, out in the real world where you're getting um, application going. And so those, now those are Bloom's taxonomy words, you know, that people in education uh, are all excited about. But what it does is it helps them build and scaffold their way through biblical worldview thinking mm -hmm. so that they are learning a pattern of thinking as they see the world and every subject flow, you know, makes them flow through that pattern so that when they go out in the world, it becomes a habit. And being able to make your brain habitually interpret the world through God's word is exactly what we want our kids mm -hmm. to do. Um, otherwise, you know, if you don't have that kind of pattern, that template for them that they constantly use and constantly, you know, get used to it, and understand it, they're going to they're going to fall for anything, any yeah. bad argument, any bad worldview because they don't have that template. And BGU Press uh, does that in a way that I think is is really the right the right way to do it. And whatever you use, especially if you're a homeschooler, yeah. whatever it is you do use, go through there. Make sure they're assessing the biblical worldview, not just mm -hmm. having it, not just have a Bible right. verse at the beginning, but they're showing that you can assess this process with your student. If they're doing that, then, you know, great, use it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really talking about biblical authority. You're talking about yes. making God's word the main thing in whatever curriculum you're using. And it's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking about churches and we have visited 
countless churches. We actually, it's so interesting. Recently, we were trying to count how many churches our family has visited in the last seven years because we've traveled so much. We've traveled, we, we've circled the, the nation twice. And so it has been a great privilege and really neat to be able to visit so many churches with different friends and families. And we have, we think, visited somewhere between 30 and 40 churches in yeah. seven years. That's a lot of of exposure to different churches. And what we've seen, um, it's actually been really discouraging in a lot of ways, encouraging. There's been a lot of really neat churches that we have visited and incredible people that we've met. But the the part where we've been discouraged is that so many churches don't use the Word of God as the main authority in their teaching. They yeah. do topical teaching instead of expository teaching. And so they're not expositing the Word of God. They're not using that as the main thing they're teaching, I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen this in your town, but our town has even gone so far as to do s- sermon series based on movies. Um, they're doing one based on, uh, I think, the, the movie Cars and some other, what, what we saw, oh, the Adams Family. We saw one church doing a sermon series on the Adams Family. And oh, wow. they'll play clips from the movie. This is my understanding. We've not been there, but my understanding is that they'll play clips from the movie and then they'll find some scripture that somehow backs up some point that they're making that somehow relates it to the movie, and they just sprinkle that scripture on it, which could be completely out of context. Oh, yeah. And then they call it a sermon. <laughs> oh, like, wow. What is happening? Well, we don't want to do that in our homeschool either. We don't want to That's just right. pull out academics and then mm-hmm. sprinkle them with a little bit of scripture and call mm-hmm. it a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, sure. right? We want to start with the word of God, make that the authority and what we're right. teaching our kids and that everything else should come under that. And it takes work, but there are, you know, organizations and, and ministries like you, and I'm thinking of Apologia and Masterbooks and so many others who really do work to have a solid uh, answers in Genesis, uh, a very solid biblical worldview that we can teach our kids from. So it's not like we have to go and do it all ourselves. That's we right. have the resources available to us today to be able to teach our kids scripture through academics and, and right. academics through the lens of scripture. So um, so I'm thankful for, for that. But we're out of time again. We're going to come back tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, I want to talk about apologetics and what that looks like in our home and how we can help our kids to learn apologetics, what that even means for those maybe who are like, what are apologetics? What does that mean? Uh, Because that all ties in with biblical worldview. So Renton, thank you again for being with us. We will put links to Renton and all things um, that he's got going on in the show notes so that you can find him. Thank you guys again for listening. If you feel led to support the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to our website, schoolhouserocked.com. You can click on the donate button here, um, or you can pray for us. We love getting emails from you guys uh, just knowing that you're praying for this ministry and we in turn want to know how to pray for you. Uh, we love praying for you. We love knowing what God is doing in your families and and to know how we can just be lifting you up to our Father who hears our prayers. He knows us. He cares about us. And so it is a privilege for us to do that. You can always email us at podcast at schoolhouserocked.com and we will do our best to answer those as quickly as possible. Stay tuned to the end of the show so you can hear what's coming up next on the podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents 
this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable so any mom can teach writing to their children using our course. And we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. We run the danger when we talk about biblical worldview of keeping it a mental uh, a mental workout, um, helping the kids, you know, trace back their beliefs back to how, you know, that we can justify our beliefs through God's word. And that's wonderful. The problem is if they're not shaped by it, even into their hearts, where it becomes a part of who they are, um, we're really wasting our time because what, what ends up happening is they, they grow up and they say, well, that was mom and dad's faith. That wasn't mine. Um, and they may have learned all those things, but if it doesn't hit the heart, uh, we're in trouble.